Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Did you? That game was incredible. Did you watch Bucks and Nets? Oh my God! That was. I was sitting there. I was lucky enough that for everybody's benefit, I was lucky enough to be watching the game all by myself. My girlfriend was out at a comedy show. I've got the place to myself. TV's blaring. I'm just sitting there giggling like an idiot for the last 30 minutes. I mean, really, like just all of the back and forth, all of the big shots, crazy shots. James Harden with one hamstring banking a three-pointer. It was just like <laughs> it was the most incredible, awesome, fun, unbelievable, and ridiculous series that you could possibly Why? I mean, none of this makes any sense, and it's amazing. I loved every bit of it. I loved every bit of it. If you love sports on any level, you watch that game, and you leave nothing but just giddy. I mean, really giddy. Like, I couldn't wait to get in here and talk with you tonight because this game was just... It was that good. It was that good. And think about what this means to the Bucks. And you know what? To Milwaukee, I owe you an apology. I owe you an apology. Because the last time I was on, it was two weeks ago. And at that point, what had happened with the Bucks? Well, they're down 0-2. They look awful. James Harden gets injured game one. They get blown out game two. And I was talking about blowing the whole thing up. I was talking about Giannis and what he is as a superstar. And I said that he's not good enough as a number one. I talked about Mike Budenholzer and how it looks like he's about to get canned. And look at him now. Look at him now. Milwaukee, I owe you an apology. Because, my goodness, what a series. What a series from Milwaukee. I mean, seriously, the gut check that it took from them and all the different stages that they went through. You know, to have a game like Game 5, where Kevin Durant goes off the way that he does and wins that game and then have the gut check and come back and go and win to force a game seven and then to continue to fight and fight and fight and fight and as ugly as that game was and as competitive and crazy as that game was because, I mean, especially once it hit overtime, that got wild. P.J. Tucker fouls out of the game. Blake Griffin fouls out of the game. Nobody could hit a shot. I mean, these guys, like, this is, you hear the boxing analogy from time to time, like, oh, these are two heavyweights going at it. This was two heavyweights going at it. They went the distance. That's what this was. They went the distance. These were two massive monster teams who gave literally everything that they had in this series. And it's a surprise that any of them could even walk off the court and into the tunnel. I mean, seriously, like... For the whole progression of that game, the minutes that these guys played, Giannis, 50 minutes, Chris Middleton, 52, uh, Durant played the whole game, Harden played the whole game. Like, they they just, everything, man. They gave everything. And that game and that series was just 
So incredibly fun. And I want to talk about all of it. I want to talk about all of it in all sorts of ways. But also, I want to talk with you. I mean, did you see that game? How do you feel if you're a Bucks fan? My God, how do you feel? Like, let's talk. Give me a call. 855-212-4227. Because I really, I can't wait to talk with you. 855-212-4227. Let's talk about this game. I mean, just so much fun. So much fun for so many reasons. Uh, Drew Holiday, who couldn't hit a shot to save his life for most of this game, coming alive in the fourth quarter and making some things happen, having five fouls and hanging in there for the rest of the game. Chris Middleton, you know what? Give me a minute to go off on Chris Middleton because that guy, as much as you look at the stat line, and he was struggling from the floor for a lot of the game, he was killer down the stretch. I mean, Chris Middleton took it to a whole other level at the end of that game. Fourth quarter, overtime, he was everything that the Bucks needed. And for his ability to handle the ball, to make plays where he's creating his own shot, he's making shots while he's guarded, his ability defensively, Chris Middleton, what he was doing at the end of the game, I mean, he was fantastic. I mean, he was dominant, really, in the second half of that game, really the fourth quarter in overtime. He was exceptional. And... You know what? Here, here's the thing, too. is, And this is part of what made this whole series so great. Part of what drove this thing completely over the edge in terms of just being an all-time great game. Because it's not just the plays. It's not just the players. But also, it's the radio calls, man. I mean, listen to this. We start with Ted Davis of Bucks Radio, who had a hell of a night. Ted Davis of Bucks Radio calling the play as Chris Middleton takes the shot with a tied score of 111 in overtime. Bucks can take the lead with 45 seconds to play. Middleton top of the circle. Middleton continues on. Fades. Shoots. God for Middleton. 113-111 Bucks. Timeout Nets. Oh, this game is off the hook. <laughs> what an awesome call. Oh, this game is off the hook. Like, he's just, he's in the moment, man. Like, that is everything that you could feel in that spot. And there he is making the call. It's an absolute masterpiece. Then he follows it up with this, which is Kevin Durant, as the Bucks are up, you know, it's 113-111. There's some missed shots, some back and forth. And in the closing 30 seconds of the game, Kevin Durant has the ball, and it sounds like this. 12 seconds to play, no timeout. Here come the Nets. Bucks lead by two. This time, Harden gets it over to Durant, guarded by Holiday. Durant, a three-pointer straight away, short and out of bounds. Bucks ball with three-tenths of a second to play. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, they didn't call a foul, did they? Okay. My heart stopped for a minute. <laughs> so nice. It's so good. Again, Ted Davis of Bucks Radio, who then closed it out with another gem. Here's the final call. How about it? The Bucks did it, folks. Celebrate. Fear the deer. Go crazy in the deer district. <laughs> Go crazy all across the state. Bucks have won this thing. This one is now officially over. How about this? 115-111 Bucks win. Here we come, Eastern Conference Finals. Whoo! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's take a break. 115-111, Bucks win. <laughs> I mean, how good is that? Like, that really, it's what it's all about. 
is that level of emotion, that level of craziness. Like, what a great run. What a great run. Again, for a Bucks team that had everything to lose. They had everything to lose here. The reputation of the team, the franchise, the structure of it. I mean, everything could have just been blown sky high. We were staring at it. We were staring at the abyss and wondering what's going to happen with this team. But, man, I mean, for them to rebound the way that they did in the series to keep fighting through the game, I'm just, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. And some people are going to look at this, and it's it's how it goes. You know, you look at a game or a series like this, you go, well, did the Bucks win or the Nets lose? It, it, it's not that kind of thing to me. Like, for the Nets, they had so many injuries, and, and we'll talk about that more later, but... The Bucks just fought, man. I mean, for the gut punches they took to just keep on coming back for more, it was courageous. Like, I was going to tell you whether or not they won this game, that it had been courageous what they had done throughout the course of this series to get to this point. That was remarkable. And then to go and win? I mean, my God. My God, just what an incredible, incredible series. And again, credit to Giannis, because for Giannis... He was having a bit of an identity crisis in this one. I mean, he was, and more through the series than through the game. For the game, he was spectacular. This was the kind of game that you wanted to see. To be the number one superstar on a team, to be a multiple-time MVP. For a lot of this, a lot of the past couple years, it's felt hollow. I got to tell you, it's it's felt hollow. Somebody the other day, they compared him to Russell Westbrook. And I was like, yeah, you know, I can I can kind of see it. I can't say that anymore. Like, this is a series that changed how I feel about the Bucks in a real way. I, I, I got to tell you, like, I have a lot more respect for Giannis and what he's done and, and who he is now that they got through this series. Did you see, did you hear what was happening with Giannis during the course of the entire game? Because I, I got to tip my hat to the fans of the Brooklyn Nets. Giannis, in the first series... Had something uh, a little bizarre happen. He had a clock violation on a foul shot, which just doesn't happen. But he, he had a clock violation on a foul shot, and it was a whole big deal. So game seven, Giannis goes to the line, and goes to the line a lot, by the way. He goes to the line 14 times. And basically, every time Giannis is taking a free throw, you can hear the Nets fans. One, two, Three, four. They're counting up to 10 seconds, which is the violation. And they occasionally went to 12, 13, and then he'd shoot. But he was 8 of 14 from the free throw line. Great for him. He didn't take as many threes as he had in previous games, although he did take six. But he was just driving to the net constantly, just trying to find matchups, trying to make something happen. Late in the game with everybody gassed, with everybody just giving it all. And there's Giannis, as exhausted as he looked, trying to make things happen around the net. And credit to him. Like, if anybody gets to enjoy this series win, it's Giannis. Because for all the things that have been said about him, from me included, from me included, again, I'm eating the crow on this. That was a monster, absolute monster of a series from him, and especially from Middleton as well. Just a, a monster of a series. I mean, they they were just incredible. So... Let's talk about it. 855-212-4227. We go to Dre. Dre, what's going on? Hey, man, what's going on? You got a Milwaukee fan that resides in Atlanta. Uh, how are you feeling out there? 
Man, when I tell you this game gave me anxiety, man. <laughs> man, Kevin Durant, he is an assassin. I mean, I'm like, is it when he did the turnaround, when I thought that was a turnaround three, I'm like, did he really just end our season right now? And, I mean, we just fought. Drew Holiday couldn't get it going from three, but we just we just kept we just kept fighting. We was down, we was up, we was down. It, I'm just I'm going crazy, man. But we it's been so long. We haven't been in this spot since Ray Allen and since played the Sixers. And man, I'm just I, I can't say enough. I'm I'm just glad to be a Milwaukee fan. Yeah, I, I imagine you are, man. And Dre, thanks. Like the the sense of because for him, it's it was so funny because he, he doesn't even necessarily sound excited as much as he just is relieved. <laughs> he just sounds like, oh my god, just the anxiety of going through that game, and now it's just uh, it's over. Like it's over, and and figuring out who's next. Is it going to be the Sixers? Is it going to be the Hawks? We'll find that out later. Either later today or tomorrow, depending on where you are in the time zone. But we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. Let's go to Mark in Pittsburgh. Mark, you're on CBS Sports Radio. How are you feeling? Ah, man, I'm great. Uh, it's funny because Dre sounded like the uh, the Bucks announcer. Like He didn't <laughs> sound excited that they won. He just sounded like, all right, we did it. Let's move on. Get to the next yeah. thing. Yeah, no, well, it, it is a sense of relief. I mean, I think for the Bucks announcer, uh, and I, I got to get his name again, Ted Davis, I think for him, like, he was like the players. I think he just, yeah, he gave all of his energy calling all those plays, calling the whole game, calling the series, and he's just like, man, I need a break. Like, before we before we wrap up our broadcast officially for the season or, or until the next series, uh, let, let me just take a breather here. Let's go to break. Yeah. It was yeah, awesome. He was like, all right, and uh, that's the buzzer, and uh, we win. And it's funny because, like, Durant, you know, you think he's going to be a stud, which he is, and uh, maybe he should have went to the Knicks. Uh, you know, just don't worry about the money. Go to the home and, you know, play for your team. But, hey, you know, we all make choices, and uh, I hope the Bucks take it all because let's get a new team in there. Like, let's get somebody that – isn't you know isn't used to it and can enjoy the win and the whole city can celebrate around it and that would be exciting for uh, basketball anyway oh well yeah and the field for the nba is is fantastic right now mark i appreciate the call i mean and we'll get to this more a little bit later but you're talking right now the remaining teams in the nba bucks clippers suns hawks and sixers which is crazy i mean that is that's insane i, I <laughs> no nets no Lakers, all out. And so it's crazy, crazy, crazy. I love it. I, I love everything about this right now. Of course, I'll love it more if the Sixers win, and we'll, I'm holding my breath for that. You want to talk about anxiety. Get me through game seven, for the love of God. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to be just over that game, and I'll have the same sense of relief as Dre, as Ted Davis, who called the game for the Bucks. all of them. So... 855-212-4227. We'll go to Mike in Baltimore. Mike, how are you feeling? Yeah, Vince, as much as I love your passion, let's talk some reality here. The Bucks, basically, for the last three years, I know the bubble last year kind of, you know, threw things off course a little bit. Mm -hmm. They've arguably, arguably have been the best team in the league for three years. I mean, you can make a case for that with 
Their regular season record, they've probably won the most games in the NBA in the last three regular seasons. They've had a guy that's won MVP twice. Once the injuries set in in this series, they had to win this series. So as much as I love your passion, and I do, and I've been listening to you for quite a while now. Yeah. They were the better team in this series. They got through this game. I'm very happy for them. I think they will win these next two series, but I can't stand the Nets. I can't. See, to me, this series is it's not as much about enjoying the Bucks win as I can't stand that other team. Well, that's and that's I'm part sorry, of it, right? I'm a like fan. there is no, there's a lot of hate for the Nets out there no, when you build no, a super no, team like that. Been, yeah. Here's the thing: you're a media guy, so you have to be a little neutral when you talk about all these subjects. Oh no, I don't. I I I come out all the time and say I like I hate Tom Brady and all that. I I'm incredibly biased that I admit it when I am. You know, I'm not objective reporter. At least I I I try to give you objective analysis when I'm talking about players and what they can do. But if I tell you whether I like somebody or not, I'll I'll tell you. The way Harden sour pushed his way out of Houston. Oh yeah. Kyrie is Kyrie. You know, Durant was extraordinary. He was extraordinary. But what people forget about game five, and this is what bothers me, the difference in that game was Jeff Green and Blake Griffin giving him 44 points that night. Well, yeah. That was the difference in the game. I mean, Durant has been extraordinary his whole career in these situations. I think Milwaukee will win these next two series. And Vince, I'm going to let you go with this. I'm probably a lot older than you, but I look at this as an NBA window very similar to when Olajuwon won two championships when Jordan was on a little mini retreat. Mm -hmm. The championship in the NBA is wide open. Somebody's going to get it this next year, two years, whatever, and I'd love to see the Bucs get a championship. You know, they've been a... they've, They've fought the good fight regular seasons, you know, you got a guy in Giannis who plays every day. He doesn't bail out of games. So this was a great win tonight, but they had to win the series, Vince. And they that's did. Where I have to, that's why I have to temper your emotion a little bit because they were facing a banged-up ball club. And I'll let you go with that. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Mike. And you know what? To his point, yes, the Bucks had to win that series. They did. There's, there's no doubt. But... It looked like they were going to get swept in this series. And that's the thing. Like, the the emotional element of this does matter. And I got to give them credit there. It's, it, it's something else you have to overcome, despite being the better team. So, 855-212-4227. There's a lot to talk about. We got plenty more to get into. Let's talk about the Nets a little bit on the other side. But 855-212-4227. You can also hit me up on Twitter. It's Vince Quinn. It's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. I'll try to get back to you. Reply to everybody as best I can. So, More on this just completely ridiculous game and series. It's all coming up. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, Vince Quinn, we're back, baby. We're back, and wow, I just, I might run out of gas tonight. 
I mean, really, the, the level of excitement and enthusiasm that I had after watching that game was just completely ridiculous. And then I was itching for like two and a half hours to get out here and talk to you about the game. And now I'm like 40 minutes into this and I'm like, you know, man, I might need an extra cup of coffee or something to keep me going because, oh my God, I just, I, I can't believe what I watched. I, I can't believe it. The, the series, the game, just all of it. And when you think about what this means, because for the Bucks, it's just, you know, huge for them. I mean, huge because the expectation, the pressure on the Milwaukee Bucks to go and win something significant this year to get to the finals, to win the finals. I mean, that pressure is immense. This is a team that's invested all the resources, all the resources. And now you're at a point where you just beat the Nets. And congratulations to them. I mean, it's great. Now, here's the other side of the coin. Here's the other side. You look at the Nets, and what does it mean for them? We're talking about a super team, right? We're talking about the big three of big threes. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And now that team is out in the second round. What does it say about them? Well, here's the thing. I don't think it says anything about those guys. Nothing negative. I mean, really, if you've got something negative to say about the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think you watch the series. Like, Kevin Durant played out of his mind. He's the team, you know, playing 52 minutes in playoff games when they don't have a bench to speak of, and that's really the knock. For him to play the way that he did, unbelievable. I mean, just out of control, great. Excellent. And then on the other side... You look at James Harden. Can we talk about him for a minute? Like, James Harden's been amazing. Amazing. That, like, nothing short of absolutely spectacular for what he gave you in this series. Are you kidding me with James Harden? I don't care that they lost, man. I mean, what an unbelievable performance from him. Ridiculous. That guy played multiple playoff games with a bum hamstring. Did you watch him the whole time he was out there? The only pitch he could throw was a changeup. I mean, he's kind of like half speeding everything. He's making little moves here and there, but hardly. I mean, he he looked like he was 15 years older. Like, this was Uncle Drew almost. He's stealing Kyrie's bit. But you've got a guy that can't move and all the same was still super impactful out there. I mean, he's handling the ball a lot. He's still making all these assists. Nine assists tonight. He had 22 points. He had 10 free throws, and he hit all of them? Like, that's ridiculous. He's doing this with a bad hamstring in a playoff series. Like, that is ridiculous. So for James Harden, it's so weird because he starts the season, and it's it's as bad as it gets. It's as bad as it gets. Really, it's it's no worse than, hey, let me go partying, breaking all the COVID protocols, showing up overweight. I don't respect the team. Get me out of here. And, and then they trade him to Brooklyn, and nobody likes him. I mean, and even if you're a Nets fan, you're probably like, it's great to have James Harden. But like, man, that was kind of ugly how he went. So to have a team like that, and then Harden plays like that at the end, like that was, I hate to say it, but heroic. I mean, really, on some level, that was an absolutely heroic performance from James Harden to play like that for consecutive games with a bum hamstring. 
Very impressive. I mean, the way he adjusted his game, where he did play half speed, and as, even if he's got a chance to drive the lane, he's kind of like, you know what I mean? He's, he's not like trying to force himself to be full speed James Harden and knock himself out of the game. He was able to control himself. Like he's, for all the criticism that people have, you know, the way he plays, he's drawing fouls and whatever. James Harden's ridiculously smart. I mean, that guy is incredibly smart. The way he plays basketball is incredibly smart. And that's what you get there. You know, that is next-level IQ to adjust losing most of his athleticism. To be able to just adjust overnight and be like, oh, I play like this now. Crazy. I mean, crazy. So, for the Nets, as much as it's like, haha, you lost, which I get, right? Like, I didn't want to see this team win a title this year. Are you kidding me? Of course not. Why? What, on what planet would I root actively for the Brooklyn Nets to win? It, it's just not happening. You've, you've got no chance. So I'm thrilled that they lost on that level. But, man, if I don't respect them. I, I got to tell you, like, Durant played out of his mind all series, gave you everything he had, and Harden did the same thing. And, and that's really the biggest factor. I mean, if... Kyrie's healthy, or honestly, if Harden's just 100%, if Harden's 100%, I guarantee you the Nets won that series. I guarantee you. I mean, for as close, we're talking about overtime in a game seven with Harden missing most of the games and playing with a busted hamstring for the others. Don't they win if he's at 100%? Like, that's that's a hell of a performance. That's, that shows you how good this team is to be out one of their big three. They're basically at one and a half and they still push the bucks to the limit. I, it, it's not an indictment on the nets at all. They're just as scary as you ever thought they were. Like nobody's going to be excited to see them next year. Their odds are going to be great next year, but credit to the bucks for getting it done. Credit to the bucks for, for handling their business. You only play who's in front of you and it took them every ounce of everything to get there, but they did it. So it's got to be a party in Wisconsin. Let's talk to uh, Michael in Wisconsin. What's up, Michael? Hey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? How's everything in Wisconsin right now? Oh, my Lord. Well, I'm kind of at a loss for words. It's been a really weird series where you think, you know, after game two and then choking in game five to a point where I ripped my T-shirt in half, it's like, how could you get rid of this lead? That was the perfect opportunity to make hay. But then you see him come out and perform like they did in game six. It was like, okay, I'm seeing some fight here. Then just tonight, they never gave up. And um, I have been critical of Boone Holzer a lot. You know, Giannis will stand on top of the key and dribble the ball late in the shot clock. And then they are rushing for bad shots. No one's open. They're forcing it. I think the offense can improve a lot. Hopefully they take some of the free time and design some plays. But otherwise, I think that the Raptors in the Heat series from the last two years or so kind of prepared them for this moment. They basically won it with chemistry and that add motivation. You know, like Giannis has always kind of had a chip on his shoulder. He's unique. He's like a kid inside of a man's body and um, just seeing him kind of be villainized and how everyone wants him to leave the small market Milwaukee and go elsewhere. Um, I'm sure that kind of hurt him a little, but the fact that his loyalty 
has gotten him results like this, it kind of makes it more sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it is. I mean, for him, he's he's gotten a lot of heat. There's been a lot of expectation. I've been critical of Giannis. And for him to have a series like this where he struggled early and, and figured everything out, I mean, huge credit to him. And, Michael, I appreciate it. Like, credit to Giannis. Really. You don't go and put up 40 points in a game seven as the lead guy and not get credit for that. Like, he he found matchups. He found opportunities. He was constantly aggressive, even when it was late, even when he could have been tired. Like, for me, here's one of the things that I've seen over the years being a Sixers fan, right, is, is Embiid is incredibly dominant. I mean, incredibly dominant. When he's feeling it and he's got energy, man, he will crush people. But when he gets tired, he'll stand out the three-point line. He takes shots. Like, he, he just doesn't have that same kind of energy, and he plays differently. For Giannis at the end of that series, at the end of that game in overtime, to be gassed, to be doubled over constantly when there's breaks. I mean, just constantly. All of them were. For him to be like that and still trying to drive to the net to make things happen, to make moves in the physical way that he plays, for him to do that, that's impressive. Like, that is superstar stuff. That is the guy earning the label. That is a series where Giannis, he goes up a peg in my book. Has to. Has to. It it was just too big a series. Say what you want about the Nets and whatever. Giannis did everything that he could. He made the adjustments. Credit to Budenholzer. Like, everybody on that team for getting things right. But it shows through Giannis, who is the engine of that team. And now the Bucs are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Good for them. Let's go to Robert in Michigan. Robert, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, Vince? It's going good, man. It's going good. I'm not impressed with Milwaukee. Okay. They've been, they've been trying to make this run for a few years now. And for them, for, for the Nets to take them to the seventh game like this, a couple of overtimes, with one ball player, they just better look, think they lucky stars, and they, and and, and hope, hope they probably do get Philly because if B need is he he's not gonna be full full stress. He's been playing pretty well, but they going they might look up and get another break because they ain't gonna take with one tweak and he'll be out, and they better just lucked up and walk themselves to the finals uh, because of teams being hurt. Because, if, like you said already, if, if Harden would have been half, more than half himself, they wouldn't have won the series. And that, they, they need to look at that team. That team still needs, needs some help. For them to have to go seven games, a couple of overtime with one ball player, I know they're glad they won the series, but they, I don't think they're ready to win a championship. Well, I think in a normal year, you're probably right. And, Robert, I appreciate it. Like, like I said, if... James Harden's 100%. That's it. That's that's the only difference. I mean, he's on the floor. If he came back and it was a small tweak, yeah, he missed a couple of games, or you, he was even more than he was. I mean, what like if you had to put a percentage on it of what James Harden was in the series, what do you think he was at? He's got one hamstring. Like, he's a basketball player with one hamstring. And he's handling the ball. You know, he's active. Like, he's got to make things happen. He's got to find people. He's And his ability, like, he had a play where there it was late in the game. There was a weird turnover. Like, Durant turned it over. Then the Bucks went down the floor real fast, like break breakneck kind of speed. And they turned the ball over. Harden gets it, and he just stands there and quarterbacks it and lobs it down the floor to Durant. And, like, 
that's incredible. You know, that was like such a, it was such a wow play. And to see that kind of thing from Harden again and again and again, yeah, it's just, and it's not even close to 100%. But he was able to make all of those things happen. So it, it's just a testament to how great he is. But again, a lot of things to talk about here. 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn here. And you can always find me on Twitter. It's Vince Quinn. That's one word. It's nice and simple. It's Vince Quinn. Now, when we come back, now that that series is over, let's take a look at the rest of the playoff field because it is absolutely amazing. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, hour two of the morning show coming up here on CBS Sports Radio. And we, okay, we spent a lot of time talking about the Bucks and the Nets, and rightfully so. This, this just, I, I'm literally at a loss for words. Uh, it's, it's just been an unbelievable series, and for it to end the way that it did was magical. What a night, what kind of fun. Uh, lots to talk about with it. And we'll continue to talk about it throughout the course of the night because you have to. But, and if you want to get in on it, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. But the other thing is with this series is now that it's over, can you believe what's happening right now? Do you realize what the NBA looks like right now? Do you know? Do you know? Look at the finalists. This is the final group of teams that are available to go and win the title. The Milwaukee Bucks. The L.A. Clippers. The Phoenix Suns. The Atlanta Hawks. And the Philadelphia 76ers. That's it. That's it. No Lakers. No Nets. Talking about dynasties. No Boston Celtics. Nothing like that. The Warriors out in the playing. This is crazy. Like, this is, how great is this? I got to tell you, I love it. 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 When's the last time any of these teams won? Like, the Sixers won in the 80s. I don't know if, if some of these teams have won. If the Suns ever, the Suns ever won a title, right? I don't think so. No. So, uh, the Clippers, no way. It's just, it's impossible. Um, so you look at all these teams and the fact that they have not won ever or have not won in decades, and now one of them's guaranteed to go and win a title. How amazing is that? How much fun is that in a league where it is dynasties, where it is LeBron James and anywhere he goes, the Cavaliers, the Heat, uh, and the Lakers as he's done it now. Like, it's none of those teams. How great is that? How exciting is that? How cool is that? That's awesome. That's so awesome. And I love it. Can you imagine if Steve Ballmer wins the title? Can you imagine how ballistic Steve Ballmer is going to go? That guy, it's going to go ballistic. Him on a party bus? Are you kidding me? It's going to be 
there will be no greater joy than watching, I mean, outside of the Sixers, of course, watching Steve Ballmer go and celebrate winning a title. It'd just be awesome. I would love to see that. For the Phoenix Suns, I mean, what a crazy story that they've been to go and, and have all these down years after moving on from Steve Nash and D'Antoni and then slowly but surely, little piece here, little piece there, draft well, develop a nice young team, go and get Chris Paul in a trade, and now look at them. Western Conference Finals, game one, tonight. Tonight. They got a real chance to win the title. Like, that's amazing. You know? Good for them. How exciting that is. How great the crowd in Phoenix has been watching all these games. It's a really great thing to see. Like, I'm I'm so excited for really every fan base that's left. Because at some point, I get tired of seeing the winners. We all do. At some point, when you see a Warriors fan that's like, oh, man, we got screwed. It's like, yeah, I mean, you did maybe, but whatever. You know, like, <laughs> there's times where you just don't care. Uh, sad Patriots fans, I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care. Why should I care? Why should I, like, I really, I, I will not feel bad for a Patriots fan for maybe 30 years. If, like, Belichick retires and the team tanks for three decades, maybe then I will have an ounce, like, like the Grinch, my heart may grow a size that day. But, like, I don't see it. It's not anytime soon. I will not weep for the New England Patriots. There's no reason to. They won every Super Bowl imaginable, had the greatest, most successful quarterback of all time, one of the best coaches ever. I, I don't care. You could lose for the next 10 years, and I guarantee you I won't care. I won't feel bad for you. I just won't because you won every title imaginable. So to look at all these teams that have not won either in a long time or ever in the existence of the team, how do you not root for that? How, on some level, are you not excited for that? Even if you're somebody that's a fan of a team that's won a billion times. Don't you remember what it was like the first time? Do you remember the first time? If you're, like, for the Lakers, they've won a billion times. Say you were a young Lakers fan, and it had been a little bit of a drought, and you finally saw them won. Uh, win. What, what was it like? What was it like to watch them win for the first time? What was it like, uh, maybe if you were a Celtics fan, it had been a little while. What was it like the first time? The Yankees, what was it like the first time? They're basically all the same fan, so I'm talking to one person. But uh, what was it like that first time? <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, what was it like that first time? Right? So that's what we're going to have here. And and really, it's, it's so cool because, like, for me, being a Philly guy and having seen the Eagles win the Super Bowl and they had never won, the, the way the whole city changed – Changed everything, everybody, the whole thing changed. I mean, diehard sports town, flags everywhere. Uh, everybody started getting Eagles tattoos. Like, everybody was wearing Eagles stuff all the time. It was just the whole city was different. Everybody was happier. Everybody was bubbly. You could feel an energy everywhere you went. And it lasted for months, months. And then it happened again when the season started up again and the energy and the excitement and the memories and the people that were hugging each other and crying and saying the decades of watching this team and never having a win and what it meant to my deceased grandfather or, or like anything. I mean, seriously, it's like it it's one of the biggest moments in some people's lives. And you've got that for all these different fan bases. It's all on the horizon. And that is just so awesome for the Bucks, for the Clippers, the Suns, the Hawks, the Sixers, whoever it might be. 
to get a title after being off or having never won is great. It's great. And people might go, and this is honestly the worst opinion. I hate, I, I get why some people say it. it's an awful, if this is like your main opinion, have some fun in your life. It's like, oh, well, the league's not going to like that. I mean, uh, who cares? Who cares? Oh, they're not getting the LA market. Tough one for the league. No, it, no, they'll get over it. Okay. If the Bucks win their first title, the league will be just fine. If the Clippers are get there, you still get LA. If the Clippers win their title, like that's it. That's, uh, that's all you need. The Clippers. Could you imagine how bizarre it will be if the Clippers win a title? Now, who knows what happens with Kawhi Leonard? And that's, that's a big question, but it's going to be chaos. Could you imagine if the Cleveland Browns won the Super Bowl? If they do that this year, do you know what the chaos will be? It'll be ridiculous. And we'll all say we remember that because we never thought it could happen. But that's what we are just a couple of weeks away from is a team like that. A new legacy, right? A new champion. Like all that together is just awesome. So I love how this is all played out. I'm glad the Nets lost. I'm glad they lost. I'm glad the Lakers lost. Good for everybody. So 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. We go to Devin in Vancouver. What's up, Devin? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, just uh, wanted to say that I like calling in because uh, even though uh, it's super late out here, you are always on the radio. So, I mean, it's entertaining to listen to you. So I just wanted to give you a shout out for that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I yeah, I, I wanted to talk about, um, I, I think I talked about this earlier. <laughs> when I called in earlier, I said, oh, yeah, and that's winning for sure. So I'm kind of kind of lost that words. I don't really know what to say because, you know, you just go from this amazing climax of a game where Kevin Durant hits that ridiculous three to tie it, and then you're just, like, losing your mind with your friends and thinking, like, you know, it's actually going down. These guys are going to come back and take it in OT. We're going to be seeing this highlight reel for years to come. And so anticlimactic, like, Middleton wins them the game. Um, and, I mean, this guy was shooting like two for fourteen for like <laughs> at one point in the game, and he just won them the game. It just—it's not the storyline I wanted. Yeah, I'm being selfish, but I mean, I'm gonna say I think a lot of people didn't want it to end that way. Um, and going to your other point, my friend, about yeah. how it's really cool how how these teams um, that are in the you know the final four are like teams that have never won it or haven't won it in a long time. That's really cool. But another cool fact, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I guess my basketball knowledge might be weak here in thinking this. But other than Kawhi Leonard, the stars and the players remaining on the teams that are existing, like wouldn't this also be a lot of their first titles? Like it would be yeah. their first championships for a lot of them. Right? Oh yeah, I, I most of them. I, would, I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody on it, unless they're all role players. Like, none of the stars have won a title. Dude, that's awesome. Like, if you think about it, like, that's so freaking awesome. And that's actually amazing for the league. Going back to your comment, like, the whole, oh, my God, the league doesn't No, there's no LA Lakers. And they don't care. You're right. And this is going to be so amazing for the league to see new players win a title because they're going to fight. Like, like, I could see these series going to Game 7 because they're going to give it everything they got because they haven't had a taste of that that feeling or that championship feeling yet. So they're going to be hungry. They're going to be thirsty. It's going to be really entertaining. I still got Phoenix winning the finals um, against whoever they face, but oh, it's going to be good. And I, I just think this is a, this is a really good sign for the NBA uh, going forward. Yeah, no doubt. And Devin, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much. And, and if you want to get in a five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven, but here's the other thing. Let me, let me get ahead of myself a little bit here, which I love to do. Let me, let me get ahead of myself a little bit. Cause one of the overwhelming things that I've heard this year 
watching the NBA, and especially when the Heat were knocked out, ah, oh, the bubble, you know, asterisk, uh, not you know, not a real playoff. It was different. Doesn't doesn't count. Playoffs a joke, right? Is that going to happen after this year? Seriously, is that going to happen after this year? Is there going to be some sort of talk about the legitimacy of these playoffs given the COVID season? We're talking about a year where teams played more back-to-backs than normal, more condensed schedule. There's been complaints about injuries, whether it's Jamal Murray, which was a monster one. You had Donovan Mitchell out for a long stretch of time. You've had uh, Embiid miss some games. Now you're talking uh, Kawhi Leonard's hurt again. Uh, it's, It's just... There's a lot of major injuries. Mike Conley was hurt in the Jazz series. Now James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Like, there's been a lot of big names. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, big names that have been injured this year. And so when you have that many major star injuries in a season that's condensed because of the bubble, because of COVID, will people look at this year and say, ah, it's not quite the same? I haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard it yet, but I feel like it's coming because, and in part, because of one of the best things that's come out of it. It's because you don't have the dynasty teams. You don't have the dynasty names. And so that might lead people to go, well, yes, uh, let me, excuse me here. I mean, let me tell you something. This doesn't quite count. Uh, Which is, I hate that, by the way. I hate that for the bubble season. I hate that for this year, if anybody says it. I hate it. Hate, 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 hate. And here's why. Everybody's playing under the same conditions. It is what it is. It is what it is. If, if for whatever reason, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets had to have a cast on their right arms and all of them just had a big blue cast and everybody signed it, okay, well, now they're playing with different rules than everybody else. Fine. Unfortunate. If, if only the Brooklyn Nets had five games in seven days, it'd be unfortunate. That would be wrong. They would be playing with an unfair battlefield, right? But... Everybody's playing under the same rules. So I hate that for the bubble, and I don't think it applies to this year either. I don't think it applies. You're playing basketball. You're playing the same sport, right? And if we want to go back and uh, look at the NFL, right? The NFL's changed all these different rules from the moment Tom Brady tore his ACL to now. Think of all the changes. Do we go, well, if you look back at previous seasons... Well, the rules weren't quite the same. These championships after Brady tore his ACL, not as legitimate. You know, like, you can't do that. It's just everybody's playing under the same rules. It is what it is, and you win or you don't. And and it's unfortunate when injuries come into the picture the way that they do. But it is sports. It, it does happen. And so you take it for what it is. That's that's why, for right now, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Congratulations. You earned it. Yeah, I know. James Harden, not 100%. Kyrie Irving out. That's fine. You still played Kevin Durant. They still had other players on the court. James Harden gave you what he gave you. They won. They won. It's not going to be, you know, well, like the announcer, it's game three of the conference finals. And they're like, well, this is game three against the Bucs. And, you know, being a little hopeful here, the Sixers. And let me tell you, though, all the Bucs shouldn't be here. You know, like, (laughs) no, they won. They won. So I, I love all of this. Regardless of circumstance, I love how this has all come together. Bucks, Clippers, Suns, Hawks, Sixers. And who you got? Who you rooting for? 855-212-4227. That's how you get in. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life. 
Rocket Ken. And we go to, let's see here, Gary in Jacksonville. What's up, Gary? Hey, Vince. Don't get me wrong. I give James Harden 100% credit for being out there. Clearly not 100%. But what I take issue with is how he got fat and lazy and the way he forced himself off the Houston Rockets because, as Mark Slareth always said, there's a difference between being a professional athlete and acting like a professional athlete. Just like Tiger Woods many times would not talk after he had a bad round or wouldn't sign autographs and this and that. It's more than just great play. It's also acting like a professional. And it's fine for him to request a trade, but the way he did it, you know, the deviousness about it, if he had given 100% while asking for a trade, that's different. But he forced himself by literally not giving his all, and he was making a great salary. While with the Rockets, that that yeah. I have a big issue with James Harden. Oh well, yeah. I mean, he he made a joke of everything that was going on with the league and the Rockets and all that. I mean, it was it was a joke, Gary. I'm totally with you. And and for what it's worth, I respect what Harden did in this series, but that doesn't erase what he did at the beginning of the year either. So it's right. it's just that's, a weird that's year. The reason I never liked John Elway because I, I don't want to play. I don't want to play for the culture or the way Eli did, didn't want to play for the Giants. I mean, uh. The way that's why I could never get on board with those two guys either. Thanks for that, Vince. Yeah, always appreciate it, Gary. You take it easy. So, 855 212 4227. That's how you join the show. 855 212 4227. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. This week was crazy. Like the amount of things that happened in a couple of days was astounding. Like when there was that small stretch of, you know, Chris Paul is going through COVID protocols and now he's just not available for the Suns as they start the Western Conference Finals. That was like, oh, my God. And then, like, shortly thereafter, you get, oh, well, Kawhi Leonard, by the way, if that wasn't enough, well, he might have an ACL tear. So who knows what his deal is? And it was like, oh, my God. And then Kemba Walker gets traded for Al Horford. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> what is Stan Van Gundy got fired, like which I forgot about because Graceffo just whispered it in my ear. Like, I, it's crazy. That's how crazy this week was. I feel like there's 18 other things that I'm missing because this week was just so utterly insane. That's on top of you know just playoff basketball and all the things that have been going on with it. Here's here's a fun little note for you, by the way. Ryan Lochte was trying to qualify for the Olympics. And he's officially not qualified. Now, if you remember Ryan Lochte, he, he, I, I wish I remember all the details on his scandal. There's just, there's too many different things that happen all the time. The last time I heard Ryan Lochte's name was like three years ago, four years ago. It's been a while, right? It's, it's not like we're exactly living in swimming conversation on any sports network format, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what swimming Twitter is. I assume it's a thing, but I don't know how big of a pool you could say that it is so 
to not hear Ryan Lochte's name in a long time, I was like, oh, yeah, he had that dumb thing in Brazil with, like, somebody messing up a bathroom, and I think he lied about it. I, f- I forget everything that went into it. I don't remember. It's fuzzy. But I remember it being a complete clown show. And so Ryan Lochte not qualifying for the Olympics. So there you go. But that's that's just a little footnote, right? We're talking about an Olympic athlete who committed an egregious international scandal. And that's just going to be like, whoop, under the radar. He's, he's done. Okay, oh, well, well, what's next? You know, there's just so many things. It's, oh, the Mavericks? I didn't even mention the Mavericks. What a week for the Mavericks. Oh, my God. I mean, they just, it, in, in the span of like 48 hours, they went from everything's fine to... Uh, The president got fired. Rick Carlisle walked away. Luca hates some guy who's a sports gambler that, like, is a shadow GM, supposedly. It's just like, that was all this week. That was all this week. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's it's just, there's so much going on. But, man, let's, let's talk about the Kemba Walker thing, right? So, Kemba Walker was, for this trade to go down, the second I saw that it happened, I went, uh-oh. Like, th- th- there was everything about this trade felt wrong, okay? Because, let, let me see here. I, I know I've got the details somewhere. I've just got so many notes that I'm all over the place. All right, here we go. I got I got the piece of paper here. So, Kemba Walker, along with the 16th pick in this year's draft and a second-round pick in the very soon 2025 They got traded for Al Horford, who the Oklahoma City Thunder said, Hey, Al, we're such a big fan of your play. How about you never play for us again? How about you just literally go home and we're just going to lose every game intentionally? Could you do that for us, Al? We don't want, you know, guys, yeah, I'll sit on the bench. I'll hang out. I'll coach you guys. No, 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 Al, I don't think you hurt us. We go home. (laughs) Like, just don't, don't bother. And it's just, he just, he was gone. So they traded Kemba Walker and a first round pick for that Al Horford, who was with the Sixers, signed a big deal away from Boston, was god-awful, and got dealt by Daryl Morey as soon as he got to Philly. Like, they traded Kemba Walker and a first for that, which is amazing. Like, that was shocking. That's There's, absolutely ludicrous. Yes, and, and there were other players in the deal. There was a, a Moses Brown, who apparently was one of the many guys that started games for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He started like 30-something games, but he's on his third team now. And, and, and Graceffo goes in my ear, that's a fake guy. And that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Like At first, I was like, I have no idea who this is. Well, yeah, so he was undrafted. He played in Portland. Then he ended up in Oklahoma City. Now he's been traded. He's going to Boston. So all of that is a part of the deal. But here's the thing, and I'm not 100% on this, but I'm pretty sure. You can't make trades yet, right? Like, this is, is it trade season? You're allowed to make trades? Okay, I see. I thought this was like... The NFL has points where deals get made. And they're like, well, we have an agreement and a, a gentleman's understanding that when a deadline hits, this trade will be executed. And like, we've had deals that on the first day of the league year, those trades were official. Okay. So you can actually make trades now, but for how quickly they made that trade after Brad Stevens took over as the GM. And that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, this guy is the general manager after coaching the team for a couple of years. He's been around, you know, he's, he's not some new guy that just came into town. He worked with Kemba Walker 
all season on buses, on planes, at the hotel, at practice, in the thick of a game, in the huddle. He's been there for everything with Kemba Walker. And despite being there for all of it, as soon as he got into the front office job, he was like, where's my desk? Where's the phone? All right, and uh, let me just pick this up and make a couple of calls. (laughs) Outrageous. (laughs) Just... He's like, want to be, be gone, like uh, Space Jam. So I, they better make a want to be, be gone reference in Space Jam 2 or the movie's a flop. That's just that's just for me to you. I, it's, I'm holding the movie to a very high standard. There needs to be a want to be, be gone reference. Anyway, for that move to happen, it was just like, man, this can't be good. This can't be good. And sure enough, it's not. There was a report that came out of Boston uh, from The Athletic being that basically the relationship between Brad Stevens and Kemba Walker specifically, not good. Like he was riding Kemba Walker really hard. It was described as being a tense relationship and the locker room seemed to not be as pro Brad Stevens as it used to be, which is surprising, right? If you've got players, you've got a locker room that isn't quite responding to the coach in the same way. You usually, especially in the NBA, especially in the NBA, you're getting at a point where you look at it and go, well, Okay, if the players don't like this guy, or they're starting to not like this guy, he's probably on the hot seat. And they were like, yeah, let's promote him. Let's let's make him the general manager of the team. So who knows how that's going to go. But it was already a questionable decision. As much as I like Brad Stevens as a coach, what he's done, it's making him the GM already is like, all right here, like let's let's take a breather. And he's already executing monster trades. And I, I just I got to shake my head a little bit. Here's how bad it was apparently with the Boston Celtics this year. Think about this. Blake Griffin has been bought out. He's a free agent. He's looking for somewhere to go. He wants to join a good team. Boston Celtics, a lot of injuries, weird year. You know, uh, Tatum got COVID and he was saying he wasn't the same after that. And his numbers weren't. So like, yeah, it affected him. Like they, they were dealing with things like that. And Blake Griffin is still interested in joining the team. Reportedly, he reaches out to a member of the Boston Celtics. He goes, hey, guys, just want to let you know. Thinking about coming to Boston. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, we've hung out a couple of times in the offseason. You know, we've we've been at a couple of games, shoe tours, whatever it is. Wouldn't it be cool if we played together in Boston? And they're like, yeah, dude, don't do that. Like, no! Really? Like that that seems to be the reaction. Like Blake Griffin was basically told, "No, dude. Hey, have you ever been to a restaurant and you ask the waiter about a certain item on the menu and they're like, "Yeah, man, don't order that." No, <laughs> you know what God, I mean? please no. No. <laughs> That's what happened. They told him not to sign Graceffo. Blake Griffin literally said, "Yeah, I want to come here cuz I think there's a good opportunity to like, you know, win a title here." And this was still while Jalen Brown was healthy. Uh, and it seemed like they had a chance, and the unnamed Celtic was just like, yeah, go play for the Nets. You got, you got a better chance. <laughs> Listen, like, dummy. You don't want to be here dealing with this crap. <laughs> like, it just tells you how bad it all is. Yeah, and that, it it makes it so much more concerning that he's the GM. Like, so much more concerning. Well, it's they didn't want to buy him out because they owe him a gajillion dollars. But, so well, they yeah, promoted him instead of just buying him out. What is his contract? It's it's bad. It's, it's gotta bad. be. It's bad. It was so bad that like uh, we we, well, I mean, you saw the reports. They're like one person in the Celtics front office was like, I we think we should fire him mid season, and they're like, no, we we don't want to pay for him to not work here, <laughs> so we're not doing that. 
Uh, here you go. Don't go do Danny Ainge's job. My God, that's crazy. That's failing up at its finest. Well, yeah. I mean, your salary is so high that they can't they can't get rid of you, and they say you're promoted. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Which again, why didn't they just let him go to Indiana when he had the monster offer from Indiana? Apparently, like reportedly, right? Yeah. Like you remember, he had the monster offer from Indiana, and they just said, "Why didn't they just say, hey, Brad, go take the, this money?'" Yeah. No, oh, Brad, we'd love for you to stay. We really, I mean, God, it's tearing us up that we can't keep you. But I mean, you please go. Like to if Indiana. it was so bad as everyone's pointing out, why didn't they just tell Brad Stevens to leave and take the Indiana job if it was offered to him at that price? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to go. I don't know. That's got to be it. That he just was like, I'm going to dig my heels. I'm not leaving. Well, if you <laughs> you're going to have to fire me. Look at the teams in Boston versus the teams in Indianapolis. Well, I mean, look at the teams. I mean, no, I mean the Indiana Hoosier job. Oh, well, that job. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Where he, where he had a gigantic offer, apparently. Oh, well, colleges, yeah. yeah. They'll throw the money around. Yeah. My God. And then he said, he said you're going to have to fire me. <laughs> I know you don't want to. Oh, that's... Good like, imagine him. being so confident in your ineptitude that you're like, I have a giant check coming, so I know you can't fire me. <laughs> and that happens enough where it's like, well, we're just waiting a year or two. Like, we're going to see that probably with John Gruden. That's coming. He's got, what, like six years left? Six years left here. I'm going to be grinding these years out. Let me tell you, man, we're going to get in there. We're going to be grinding for six years. I'm going to be the owner of the team soon. I'll be, I may, if I have to sling hot dogs out there in section 345, that's where I'm going to be, brother. I'm yeah, going to be out I mean, there. you can eventually, couldn't you eventually see the same thing happening where Gruden is owed this massive amount of money that they just tell him, hey, you're picking players now. <laughs> you can hire the coach. You pick players. Yeah, uh, you're a scout. We're going to send you out on the road, John. You're a $10 million scout. Like, go get him. You know, I just, yeah, I, I don't know what you do, man, because he they signed him for 10 years, $100 million. 10 years, $100 million. Yeah, that's a nice check if you can get it. Oh, that's the check. For a, for a guy who has a losing record as an NFL head coach. Yeah, and, and at first you're like, wait, is he, like, maybe they're doing something with this team? They've had moments where they're, they're, they're competitive, but it never quite feels right with that team. And their drafts are all, you always raise an eyebrow at the draft picks they make. Well, Vince, they're only in a division with Patrick Mahomes, so how bad could it be? Well, yeah. <laughs> they're inevitably going to turn the corner soon. It's only the Mahomes era is coming to an end. By the time the Gruden contract is over, 15 more years. Yeah. Good luck. Go get him. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. But that's, I guess that's just how it goes, man. The sports are wild in that way. I love crazy contracts. Um, by the way, today on CBS, a jam-packed day of action begins at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, with some of the most influential women in sports breaking down the biggest topics on We Need to Talk at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific. We're on the tee for the Meyer LPGA Classic. And then at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, it's live soccer featuring a National Women's Soccer League matchup between Kansas City and the Portland Thorns FC. That's all today, starting at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, on CBS. So... Woo! Well, a lot of NBA so far, a whole lot of NBA, and with good reason. When Milwaukee and Brooklyn is that crazy, when the Jazz lose, when Boston just, man, utter chaos, utter chaos in what felt like a pretty stable franchise just, what, a year ago? I mean, it's crazy how things have changed. Well, 
we got some NFL stuff brewing as well. We haven't talked about the NFL today, and there's a lot going on in the league. I want to get to that on the other side. I'm Vince Quinn with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Vince Quinn, yes, I'm back here on CBS Sports Radio. And we've spent a lot of time. I, I want to get to the NFL, I do, because we haven't had the chance to talk about it. There's a lot of NFL stories that have happened, especially in the past like 48 hours. Did we get a major update on Aaron Rodgers, for example? We will get to that later in the hour because what a great story it is. It's such a great story. But couple of things and two things I want to get to with the NBA. So first, I just got to say, as great as the Nets Bucks series was for the players and, and what they accomplished, what the games were, just the entertainment value. I just, I just want to play a little bit of Ted Davis. I just want to play a little bit. If you don't know who Ted Davis is, he is the play-by-play announcer for Bucks radio. And oh my God, listen to Ted Davis. This is awesome. How about it? The Bucks did it folks celebrate fear the deer go crazy in the deer district go crazy all across the state bucks have won this thing this one is now officially over how about this 115 111 bucks win here we come eastern conference finals Whoo! <laughs> wow <laughs> let's take a break 115 111 bucks win <laughs> Just like, wow, man, that was crazy. I can't, can't believe we made it. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome, man. Because I feel like every Bucks fan felt that. Like, as soon as I opened up the show, if you just tuned in, well, if you missed the very beginning of the show, at the very least, I was talking to a guy who called in from Milwaukee. Or, or no, he was, uh, anyway, he, he was a Bucks fan that called in. And I'm asking him how he feels, and he's just like, man, <sighs> I'm just relieved. Like, like he was playing in the game himself. You know what I mean? Like he's he's kind of like huffing and puffing. He's just like, I can't, you know, I just gotta, I just gotta recover. <laughs> it's awesome. So uh, I love that. I love that for Bucks Radio. Watching the Bucks fans go nuts. What a night. What a series. Incredibly fun. If you want to talk about it, 855 212 4227. Another NBA story, which I love this one. I love this one. So Netflix is delivering a new comedy series. And you know what it's based on? This is so good. It's based on the Lakers front office. They're going to make a comedy about the Lakers front office. Now, whether or not they're called the Lakers and naming rights and all that stuff, who knows? But the comedy is based on the Lakers front office. So you're dealing with Jeannie Buss, which means you're also dealing with, I would assume, Phil Jackson, which is great. I hope there's a Phil Jackson element to this. I mean, if he's not in the sitcom, that's a mistake, right? Like, it's Phil Jackson. He's just a very interesting, eccentric guy. I would love for him to be in it. And most importantly, out of anybody else that could be in the front office, 
Magic. Magic. Magic is a sitcom character. I can't wait. I can't. I just want to see who's playing Magic. Well, you know, and Magic-ish. Assuming it's not exactly factual. They're not going for actual Lakers people. But people in similar situations. Whoever's playing the Magic Johnson role is going to have the opportunity of a lifetime. Because I just... I can't wait to see, you know, thinking of the tweets, like he has sort of, if you ever watch Parks and Rec, he's got like Perd Happily tweets, like Perd Happily was the weather guy. You do like basic local news on Parks and Rec and he would come out with things. He'd be like, let's go to Perd for the weather. And Perd would be like, well, everybody, the weather is outside back to you. And it'd be like, all right, well, thanks Perd. <laughs> That's kind of like Magic Johnson's tweets. They're great. So seeing whatever that translates to in a sitcom, fantastic. I I really, I couldn't be more excited to see what that turns into, who gets cast and what the roles are. So just a fun little note on the NBA side of things. And now let's talk a little bit about the NFL because the NFL has gone through a, a fascinating week. And what you've seen is they've laid out the rules based on COVID protocols. And if you got vaccinated, everything's back to normal. That's the deal. If you got a vaccine, you're going to be able to do all the stuff. And if you didn't, well, you can't. So what you're going to deal with is guys that have six feet of distance, limiting the locker, you know, how many guys are in the weight room. There's going to be, uh, these guys can't go to promotional events or there's going to be, it's going to be a lot stricter about promotional events. Like everything that goes into being an NFL player is going to be sidetracked by guys that aren't vaccinated. Now, this is a interesting space. Obviously, it is a massive monster political hot-button issue. And so how players respond to it, a lot of guys, you, you've heard players over the course of the offseason, uh, whether it was you know mainly Jets quarterbacks, uh, Sam Darnold, now with the Panthers, Zach Wilson, this makes Graceffo very happy. Uh, these guys wouldn't comment on the vaccine. You've seen a lot of players do that. You've seen people that, you know, have been outright spoken one way or another. Cole Beasley just came out. He sent out a long note, you know, this big paragraph. He had a couple of tweets. He's mad at the Players Association, and he, he's just he's outraged because he's basically saying, I'm not getting a vaccine. I refuse to do it, and I don't like being treated differently for not getting the vaccine. So, I don't know at this point. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, here's all I'm going to say on the actual, you know, uh, practical science of it. I don't know a damn thing. Are you, looking, are you looking to me for medical information? Because you're mistaken. That is, I'm not your guy. I am not your guy. I am a sports talk radio host, and I'm good with that. I'm not a medical professional. Haven't read up on things. Uh, it is what it is. So, this is the choice that the NFL's made. This is how they're deciding to do it. That's all I got for you there. But here's what I will say is that I'm surprised given what happened to Chris Paul that more players would not be rushing to go out and get it, even if you don't want it, for whatever reason you don't want it, which, again, I'm not getting into that. But for whatever reason you wouldn't want it, if you see Chris Paul Knocked out of the Western Conference Finals for however long. I don't know how that doesn't scare you. Just just from an athlete, just as being a competitor. You might say, oh, well, the rules are junk. But you know what? Those are the rules, and the NFL is certainly going to enforce them. So knowing that that's how things are, if you're going to say, well, I'm not going to get the shot, but you know that you could cost your team games, like 
that is a complicated spot. And if, you, if that's where they want to be, that's where they want to be. They have every right to make the choice, but obviously it could get ugly. If you have a point where, hey, you get put aside, and now you're missing a significant game, a division game. You're missing a game. Like, I don't know what the Bills' schedule is, for example, with Cole Beasley, but that's a team that's trying to win the Super Bowl. So if he's not showing up for games, he misses, say, two games, like that's going to be a problem. And for all the players across the league, it's going to be a problem, right? Like these teams have thresholds. Hey, if so many guys are vaccinated, then you're going to have normal meetings, practices, all that different stuff. And for the guys that aren't vaccinated, as much as the facility is open, uh, they're just going to have some limitations as individual players. So if you're a guy, like my advice to you, if you're a player that's on the fringe, is to just get it. If you're on the fence, if you're a diehard and you just refuse to do it, fine, that's your choice. But if you're on the fence about it and you're a player, you're just better off. Let's say you're a practice squad linebacker. You know, you're a special, a fringe special teamer. If you're on the fence about it and you think a team is going to pick you over the vaccinated guy, you got to be a hell of a lot better because you're going to have to deal with thresholds. Like those things, some GMs have come out and admitted as much already. Now there's been trouble for that, but they've done it. Like this is a real thought that's going on. We're talking about football guys. We're talking about, hey, we want as much practice time as possible. We want guys hitting as much as we can, right? Like that's what they want. So it's it's just the reality of the situation, right or wrong. It is what it is. So complicated. I mean, obviously, this is going to get very ugly. And I can't imagine this conversation goes away. As the season gets rolling up, as training camp gets going, as the season starts, uh, all this stuff with the vaccine and players getting vaccinated with the NFL is, is going to be a big question. And so we're going to see how this plays. But Cole Beasley not happy about it from everything I've read. A, I don't know how much of a majority, but more than 50% of players are vaccinated. And some teams have gotten past, I think, a 70, 75% threshold. So it's it's going to be a big topic. And we'll see how it plays out come roster cuts. So 855-212-4227. That's how you get in. We go to Chuck in Oklahoma City. What's up, Chuck? Hey, this is, uh, this is thanks for taking my call. And I just found you a couple of months ago, and I'm glad I did because I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a... Uh, I'm- I'm living in Georgia. I'm driving through Oklahoma City, living in Georgia. I'm from it, grew up in Atlanta. I went to my first Hawks game, I think in 83 or 84, when Doc Rivers was a rookie. So I've been rooting for him for a long time, but certainly rooting for the Hawks. Uh, excited about tonight. <clears throat> I didn't have them getting – I had them get past the first round. I didn't think they would win but one game in the second round. So I'm on, on bonus basketball right now as a fan. And I had the uh, Nets. And the Jazz going to the finals. So, super excited about tonight. Uh, I can't say I'm confident the Hawks will win, but I certainly do hope they win. And I just wanted to call and uh, tell you I enjoy the show and give the Hawks some love and and uh, root for them to make it through tonight. And uh, we'll see how it goes from there. And uh, thanks again for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for calling, Chuck, and appreciate the kind words about the show. So if you want to get in, by the way, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. Give me a call. I mean, that's that's what I'm here. That's what I'm here for. Happy to talk to you. Like, I, I know you hear me on the radio and you're listening. You might be like, yeah, I like the show. Well, you can talk to me as much as I say the number all the time. You might, you might have heard me say the number so many times 
It doesn't even mean anything anymore. You know, you watch a commercial 500 times and you go, uh, hey, uh, what's that advertising, that commercial? And you're like, I have no idea. Well, yeah, no, I, I keep saying the number. It might just go in the, one ear out the other. That's fine. But you can call. Like, this is your world. 855-212-4227. Feel free to give me a call. Otherwise, you can hit me up on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn, where somebody just said to me, because we, we spent a lot of time talking about the Boston Celtics last segment. And someone just said to me, as a diehard Celtics fan, I can't feel anything except embarrassment with this organization. They've turned into a Mickey Mouse outfit. I love how that always becomes a phrase, by the way. I don't know how that started. I don't know where that came from. But, the oh, this is a Mickey Mouse operation. I mean, Mickey Mouse, for what it's worth, that's a multi-billion dollar industry. Like, Mickey Mouse is the head of a monstrous machine here. So, if you were ever to call anything... A Mickey Mouse operation, that really should be a compliment, right? Am I wrong on this? Like, Mickey Mouse is an institution. It's it's a theme park. It's every movie imaginable. It's a television station. It's major networks. It's ESPN. Like, they, they own everything. It's Disney. So to call it a Mickey Mouse operation, I just, I don't get why that's an insult. I don't, I don't get it. But, Who cares? Not me. Well, I guess not. But... I got to tell you, I, I'm just saying, there's slander in the mouse. There's slander in the mouse a little bit, and I, I just feel like he runs a tight ship. So, anyway, uh, especially if you watch South Park. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he, he thinks the Celtics have turned into a Mickey Mouse outfit. They gave Stevens a five-year extension before the bubble last year with one year left. So, there you go. And uh, his agent is his wife. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That is an interesting dynamic. That's fascinating. I would love to know. Someday, I would I would hope there's an interview where they can both sit down and openly, honestly talk about what that's like. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. It is. I mean, so far, it's paid off. It's paid off quite nicely. He's the GM. Good for him. So, 855-212-4227. We go to Anthony in Jacksonville. Hello, Anthony. Hey, how's it going? All right, so I, I like the vaccine uh, conversation. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, with the whole Chris Paul and then, like, obviously, like, the NFL players, like, they're not going to be in a bubble. Um, this is a big hit into the NBA playoffs. And then if you think about it, going into the NFL season, it can also be a big effect as well. And I'm a Jaguar fan, so I'm already, like, like down, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, wait, well, Anthony, can you say that again? I missed, I missed part of that. All right, so um, Chris Paul, yeah, in protocol for COVID, yeah. And then if it were to happen to the Jaguars, like we're already like terrible. So, oh well, yeah, um, you, you guys, you guys aren't missing anything from that. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it might save one of our good players from. Saving injury, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I, I try to see the silver lining, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, and Anthony, I appreciate it. But, yeah, like it, I mean, yeah, the Jaguars are bad. Um, I'll, I'll say this. They signed Laquan Treadwell, which doesn't mean much. Like, he's he's been a washout at this point. But for them, it was one of those little things. I was like, you know, all right. Like, what do you got to lose? Bring him in. I hope Laquan Treadwell is vaccinated because if it comes down to him or the fifth wide receiver who is vaccinated, uh, he's not making the team. Yeah, he's probably not. It's it's just like, what it is. That's the point. That's the point we're all trying to get to. Yeah. Is that guys 48 to 53 better be vaccinated because 
the NFL is not going to the an NFL team is not going to go out of their way for you. No, if you think an NFL head coach or any coach or GM wants to make the risk of well, you know, our special teams unit's great, but half the guys aren't vaccinated. Let's just hope it pans out. You're out of your mind. I mean, we saw last season a game where the Denver Broncos started a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. That was their starting quarterback on a Sunday. If you think any team wants to be remotely close to that kind of mess, you're out of your mind. I mean, player, agent, fan, anybody, you are delusional. So you got to acknowledge the reality here. They want people, if they have to pick, if things are equal and one player's vaccinated and one's not, the guy that's getting vaccinated, he's going to be the guy that makes a team. And imagine if you're Cole Beasley or whomever, and you have to miss a game a key game because you decided to put yourself first over everybody else who decided to do the right thing. Now, he may not think it's the right thing, and he thinks he has personal choice and all that. And the thing that people keep forgetting is that choices have consequences. Yeah. Like, that's the point. If if you think it's your personal choice to not do this and think that, you know, I don't owe it to the other 52 guys that are in the on the team with me, then that's your prerogative. But just know that your choice has a consequence at the end of the day. And that's what these guys don't get. They don't get it. They don't understand that they're making choices for the other 52 guys in the on the team, in the locker room. Well, yeah, and Cole Beasley's going to have a roster spot. There's no doubt. Sure. No one's arguing that he won't. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. He's going to be there, and all these other guys on the team are going to be like, yo. But again, if, if he's going to put himself over, over the other 52 guys, like, Cole Beasley doesn't have to play in the league. Like, he, he can go home. He even said that. Yeah. He sh- I mean, if he feels so strongly about this, then he probably should go home. He, sh- he probably should say, I've made a lot of money playing football. Uh, You know, I, I came out of nowhere. I had a nice career for a slot receiver. This is it. For, uh, if he wants to really draw a line in the sand, then this is it. Go home. Go If you feel so strongly about this and the NFLPA has let you down, go home. Don't play. That's it. Yeah, he said he'd play for free. He said he'd pay okay. him fine. Okay, great. Yeah. But again, he owes it to the other 52 guys that he's put himself in front of. Yeah. And if he wants to eat his meals alone, have room service, be alone, wear a mask everywhere he goes, God bless him. But just know that all those consequences, that's what consequences are when you make a choice, and that's what people keep forgetting in this instance. Like, your choices have consequences. Well, yeah, and and the tough thing is, too, that you have an owner, and so if you're disobeying that stuff and making it known, and the league knows, they're going to make an example out of you. So they're going to find the team. So if you're costing the team money, if you're costing the owner money, that's that's a tough spot. I mean, that's they're going to have to really like Cole Beasley if that kind of thing is going down. So we'll see, but that's where he's at right now. So anyway, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. Now, what we're going to do on the other side, I still got more football stuff for you. Actually, it's a lot of stuff with the NFC North. So, a lot of uh, some Bears stuff. I got a a Packers thing, a Lions, a shocking Lions thing. That's all coming up in uh, back end of the hour. But next... I want to get a little baseball in because there is the dumb, typical dumb controversy spiraling to another level of ridiculousness, and that is all happening right now. So we will get to that on the other side. 
Keep it right here.